0: This is Encounters, a dialogue that brings you multifaceted life stories you don't want to miss.
1: We used to all gather in Zilin. My parents and I were both alive then. We used to travel on the overnight train because there was no fast train. And that was great fun too because it was full full. The trains were reasonably comfortable We used to get a sleeper There was always loads of people You would meet people You would play poker You would chat and eat snacks and stuff And it was always very congenial
2: Everyone goes back home, right? Well, yeah. everyone used to go back
1: home and it was, I really enjoyed that And it was good fun
3: You know, it's so funny because I was coming to study Chinese um, for a month, and then that's when sort of we decided to get together. It was January. Two weeks later was the spring festival, Chunjie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was very hesitant because as an American, you don't meet the parents until the relationship is sort of stable, even though we had been friends for three years. And so then, you know, he's like, oh, yes, we're going to go home for Chunjie. And I was just like, no, I don't want to do this, nervous, right? Nervous. I was very nervous. Yeah. Um, but it was fine. It was, you know, my mother-in-law, and my father-in-law treated me so well. And then I got to meet the grandpa and, you know, the aunts and uncles and everything was fine. I, I was kind of caught in the midst of it. I, I felt like I couldn't really say no because I knew how important this Chinese culture was to him. Mm-hmm. So, so at that point in time, I kind of let go. And I was like, I'm not going to resist this. I'm just going to go with it. And then I did. And it, it worked out.
2: Did you make scenes or, you know, did some embarrassing things? For the first time
3: in the first time no i think i was just very shy i wasn't i wasn't comfortable enough with my chinese at the at the time so i would just kind of say yes or no and then i would just kind of listen to them talk and they were kind of also like they don't kind of know what to ask me or talk to me about but of course they're always putting food on my plate and making sure that i eat enough and drink enough and you know have fun and stuff like that they were very very accommodating
4: My first big uh, skit was, I think, in 1996 with Ho Ya Hua. Oh, yeah. We're doing a skit. I was very nervous at that when I did that because before we went on, some producer or something said, "You you know that something like uh, 400 million people are going to watch this show." <laughs> what? 400 million? I almost have fainted, but I got through it okay. <laughs> and since then it got used to it but the yeah the, the spring festival gala is by the time everyone watches it including the chinese overseas it's really watched by almost a billion people worldwide which is very very daunting
0: i love the fact that the streets are empty by and large and that the city is uh, peaceful to maybe give a sense of how it was many centuries ago. So it's a holiday when I like to relax.
2: Hello and welcome. I'm your host Manling. As you may already know, the spring festival called Chunji in Chinese is the most important festival during the year for Chinese people. It's a time when people return home for a big family reunion. For some, the week-long holiday is even a time for marriage proposals and talks of wedding plans. We invited four experts living in Beijing to share their memories about the Spring Festival. Veronica Hernandez is our first guest. Veronica says she will never forget the first Spring Festival that she spent with her husband's family.
3: My name is Veronica Hernandez and um, I'm American. I'm from Texas. I came into China in 2009. To study Chinese here, and um, I got married to um, <laughs> a Beijing girl, and I've been living here full time since 2012.
2: So, how was your experience of meeting your in laws?
3: So, you know, it's so funny because I came in 2012, I was coming to study Chinese um, for a month, and then that's when sort of we decided to get together. It was January, two weeks later was the spring festival, mm-hmm. <laughs> so. I was very hesitant because as an American, you don't meet the parents until the relationship is sort of stable, even though we had been friends for three years. And so then, you know, he's like, oh, yes, we're going to go home for Chunjia And I was just like, no, I don't want to do this, right? I was very nervous. Yeah. Um, but it was fine. It was, you know, my mother-in-law, and my father-in-law treated me so well. And then I got to meet the grandpa and, you know, the aunts and uncles and everything was fine. I, I was kind of caught in the midst of it. I, I felt like I couldn't really say no because I knew how important this Chinese culture was to him. Mm-hmm. So, so at that point in time, I kind of let go and I was like, I'm not going to resist this. I'm just going to go with it. And then I did and it, it worked out. Mm-hmm. Did you make
2: scenes or, you know, did some embarrassing things? for the first time
3: in the first time no i think i was just very shy i wasn't i wasn't comfortable enough with my chinese at the at the time so i would just kind of say yes or no and then i would just kind of listen to them talk and they were kind of also like they don't kind of know what to ask me or talk to me about but of course they're always putting food on my plate and making sure that i eat enough and drink enough and you know have fun and stuff like that they were very very accommodating to me
2: did you take part in any of the preparations of spring festival
3: no (laughs) no (laughs) honestly my mother-in-law she's the the cook of the family so she does everything on her own and it's kind of like her kitchen so she doesn't really let even you know my aunts sort of help her out a lot she's very focused she kind of gets everything and she wants to do everything on her own because this is her sort of domain yeah domain this is where (laughs) she feels yeah yeah basically me and my husband are very hands-off my mother-in-law and father-in-law do everything for they tell us you need to be here by this time and we are there at the time so they don't other they don't really ask us to do much you know of course we were more than willing to but like my father-in-law he does you know calligraphy and that's what he loves so he does everything for everybody's family and he has them all prepared prepared he brings them over to our house and he pastes them and my mother-in-law with the food she won't let us touch that so we don't have anything else to really do oh I think um the first year my husband went and bought some fireworks but
2: were you used to this because I guess you know in your country Mm -hmm. when you were brought up your parents would usually or even grandparents would have you involved in
3: yes Yes, I was not used to it. You know, of course, the first time that I went over for Spring Festival, I, when I was finished eating, I wanted to help clean up. I wanted to help wash the dishes. I wanted, but of course, they just never, never, never let me touch anything, never let me do anything. Now it's a little bit better. I can maybe put the dishes in, you know, the sink. I think now I. I will sort of maybe bake a cake or do something, you know, American ish to bring to the table and they're more willing and accepting to do that. But still when it comes with anything Chinese, I, you know, in terms of food, I'm really not allowed. To, yeah. <laughs> I'm not allowed to touch.
2: Our second guest is Mo Da Wei. He's an old friend of mine. Compared to Veronica, David is a long time beijinger who has lived in the capital
4: for more than 30 years. My name is David Moser. My Chinese name is Mo Dawei. My main job right now is I am at a, a program at Peking University called the Yanjing Academy. I am the Associate Dean. Let's talk about
2: Spring Festival celebrations. Okay. How do you prepare for that?
4: Well, me personally, the way I prepare, <laughs> my wife's family is in Hebei. Our preparation usually is just to get gifts and sort of things and prepare the hongbao and something and then go there. And ah. then they mostly do the decorations and then the stuff like that.
2: Handing out little red envelopes with lucky money inside is an important tradition of the Spring Festival. People call those red envelopes hongbao. It is a way of wishing good fortune in the year ahead. Veronica says she has got a lot of hongpao from anybody older than her from her husband's family. Anybody giving out and receiving hongbao, oh, so-called yes. red envelopes?
3: Yes, of course. Did yeah. you
2: receive some?
3: Yes, I received a lot. A re- lot! My I re- goodness! I received well. You know, I the first time, how many you received? Um, from what? everybody that was older than me, so from every aunt, every uncle, grandpa gave me one. Mom and dad gave. You became well.
2: rich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, this is a unique Chinese um, custom, right? Yes. Did you guys back in home in the United States giving any sort of uh, red envelopes no, to people?
3: No, definitely.
2: Okay, you received many. Have you tried to give some out?
3: Yes, nowadays my husband has two cousins and we, we give them money, so yes.
2: So it's the, uh, the custom goes like this. It's the older people giving this red envelopes to the young.
3: Yes. Yeah. Nowadays
2: we have a new form of giving out or sending out red envelopes. Mm-hmm. Do you notice that? You mean through the phone? new electronic way of giving yes. red envelopes, yeah.
3: right? The WeChat. The WeChat. Do you use oh. it very often? Yeah. Really? Yeah.
2: On what uh, occasions do you use?
3: Oh, just for whenever we um, we give during Spring Festival to his cousins, I give them the, the red envelope. <laughs> uh, electronically. Electronically, yeah.
2: Like everything these days, Hong Pao has entered the digital age. WeChat users can receive a virtual hongbao sent by their family members or friends, and the money goes into their WeChat wallet. Younger generations in China might have been lured in by this high-tech take on an old tradition, but not David Mosa. And do you now use hongbao, you know, electronic hongbao, like on the WeChat? Do you send out hongbao to people? You know, the red envelopes, do you... Do you join the masses um, of the Chinese people, in grabbing uh, red envelopes no. and sending them, no?
4: I'm a Lao Gu Bar. I'm an old fuddy-duddy. <laughs> I I I'm at my age. I somehow I can't get into that. It just sounds. Too, it just seems too shallow and cheap. And but I know people love it. People don't have fun. That's fine. It's a new generation, and everyone loves that kind of stuff. I you
2: have a Chinese daughter. I call it a yeah, Chinese American daughter. That's right. But does she have home every year? You? Yes, yeah. of course. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So you, you should she's,
4: not consider shallow. It's, she's of that generation, so she lives on her cell phone. Otherwise, so. it's
2: unfair to your daughter. The, every other kids receive <laughs> sure. so many and then she we, you give we give her cash
4: we give her cash that's boring <laughs> <laughs> well when she was little the you know not just us but they would give her like two, 200 300 400 and now it's, it's gone up actually to tell you the truth i was a little bit against this custom when it when our daughter first became involved because i thought i was thinking the comparison being christmas i thought this is a gift. You shouldn't, like, just encourage the child's fascination for money. That's so materialistic. Uh, you know, a gift is, oh, it's a nice thing. You open it up, and it's a scarf, or it's a toy or something. And the child's interest is is in the joy of this thing and what it means. Mm-hmm. But, you know, suddenly we're handing out cash. And I, I never forget the scene, you know, my daughter, like, catching on. Oh, these are all these, you know, what am I supposed to do with this? It says, it's a gift. You can spend it on whatever you want. And I would see her there in the corner, like, pulling out the money and counting it very professionally like a
2: like (laughs) don't you think every one of us love money she lost she's
4: she's only eight years old she's counting the money like a bookie (laughs) she's like lost her innocence like that this is terrible but of course they get you know they get used to it
2: anyway um Hongbao, red envelopes, means that we have the liberty of buying things that we love, right? Mm-hmm. And then it not ne- necessarily need to you know, put too much money in it. I received a $1 Hongbao <laughs> in the United States by uh-huh. American Chinese there uh-huh. because they want to keep the tradition outside uh-huh. of China, in Chinatown, in uh-huh. San Francisco. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Don't you think so? Yeah. Our third guest today is another David, David Ferguson from Scotland. He married a Chinese woman, and they have a son together. He's lived in Beijing for more than 10 years. Unlike David Monsa, David Ferguson says he's okay with the Hongbao tradition. Now, my son, obviously, it's Hongbao.
4: Is it from everybody, everybody, you? Or from
1: everybody gives him a Hongbao because there are three kids his generation, but the two girls are older. They're my wife's older siblings' daughters. Mm-hmm. So they're now in the late 20s. So he's the only kind of kid in the
2: family, and he's the son. He's the boy. So your son is getting rich every, yeah, every year, right? Are you happy that your son gets rich I don't, I don't <laughs> in have this a way? Prob- I don't have a problem. With it. Yeah, pocket my more pocket money, yeah, right? Sir. I was really impressed by David Ferguson's very welcoming attitude. He can make dumplings, a must-have food in northern China during the Spring Festival. And while lots of people find themselves getting frustrated by the crowds during the Spring Festival travel rush, he likes travelling during this time of the year as he joins people on the more than three billing trips that are made during the holiday.
1: We used to all gather in Zilin. We used to travel back up to Zilin. My parents-in-law were both alive then. We had a very good relationship with both of them. My father-in-law was a... A very admirable man. It was a great pleasure to go back up to Chile. We used to travel on the overnight train because there was no fast train. And that was great fun too, because it was full. The trains were reasonably comfortable. We used to get a sleeper and there was always loads of people. You would meet people, you would play poker, you would chat and eat snacks and stuff. And it was always very congenial.
2: Everyone goes back home, right? Well, yes, yeah, occasion used to
1: go back home. And it was, I really enjoyed that and it was good fun.
2: Instead of traveling around China, Harvey Zoding, our fourth guest today, says he would rather stay at home and enjoy Beijing while it's less crowded. Harvey hails from the United States. He served as the vice president of the ABC television network in the 1980s and is now a commentator on China's English-language media outlets.
0: Generally, actually, stay home because Beijing is wonderful when it's less crowded. Um, I used to go to temple fairs, but they're too crowded and uh, I don't enjoy them. I mean, they're almost dangerous in my view because there's so many people. But I love the fact that the streets are empty uh, by and large and that the city is uh, peaceful to maybe give a sense of how it was many centuries ago. So it's a holiday when I like to relax. But I like to go beyond the city limits and see fireworks. So the fireworks are not permitted now in the center of the city. Mm-hmm. So you have to go a little bit further out. But I, I love fireworks.
2: Really? Yeah. You do not find it noisy?
0: I like the noise, but I would never... <laughs> do them set them off myself it's too dangerous
2: (laughs) you're scared of right i'm not scared i'm prudent okay you're prudent people are
0: crazy enough to set them off and you would love to to watch i'd like to watch
2: traditionally the spring festival is a time for family reunion but nowadays more and more people are choosing to spend the week-long holiday abroad Veronica and her husband are among those who chose to head overseas during the festive season. What is Chen Yuan?
3: Basically, when everybody tries to go home, and so it's very difficult, right, to get a flight back home, or especially a train, um, anything like that.
2: You have never really experienced how <laughs> no, difficult.
3: No, I usually leave quite before <laughs> and uh, come back after.
2: Okay, the way you mentioned your trip is not Chen Yuan. You know what? What? It's an escape from Chen Yuan. (laughs) (laughs) Veronica says that if she stays in Beijing, spending time with family for a meal on New Year's Eve is on her to-do list.
3: So we definitely, we went over to his grandfather's house and we ate a lot of food like two or three times that day. What time was
2: that? It's the spring festival evening, New Year's Eve or the second day?
3: The New Year's Eve.
2: The New Year's Yes.
3: Eve. So it was New Year's Eve. I think we had dinner like around 4 or 5 pretty early. And then everybody kind of rested. And then we started playing mahjong. So they were sort of teaching me after the dinner. And then um, obviously the um, TV was turned on to the New Year's um, New TV. Year Gala, right? Yes, New Year Gala.
2: For David Ferguson's family, watching the Spring Festival Gala is on their list of must-dos. Although he only speaks a little Chinese and it's hard for him to understand some of the jokes, he still remembers the performance by Xiao Shenyang, a comedian from Northeast China, where his wife was born.
1: Well, there's always the big CCTV show.
2: Ah, CCTV New Year's gala. gala show. That's
1: always that's always great. I think that's a great. You going to watch it? It's a great program. Yes, we always watch that.
2: Ah.
1: Um, what's his name? Xiao, Xiao Shenyang.
2: Xiao Shen is uh, the jokes, right? The comedian. Right? Yeah, the comedian yeah. He's
1: always. He, like, I don't need to be able to understand his jokes to be able to see how funny. He is. But but he always makes me laugh. Really? Well, one year he did a he did a sketch about a Scottish person in a kilt.
2: So you never really miss any of the the, 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 the gala shows. Every no, we year? never miss the gala show, ah. and we always
1: get, We will get together. Some people will get together. Watching together. Uh, we will watch it together. We'll mm. make the dumplings. Jiaozi. Jiaozi. Yes.
2: Um, jiaozi. is a must, right? Mm-hmm. And yes. then for what occasion? For the New Year's Eve dinner or New the Year's next Eve, morning?
1: New Year's Eve dinner and the next morning.
2: Making dumplings with family members while they watch CCTV Scala is a shared memory for a great many Chinese people. But this tradition has faded somewhat due to the popularity of smartphones and tablets. David Mosa believes people still watch it. That gala is a phenomenal thing mm-hmm. here in China. You know that, right? Oh, sure. We still have it, but because of the varieties of uh, different shows, uh, the impact of this gala show uh, is less in is, is yeah. diminishing. Do you and your family still watch it?
4: I think people still do watch it. It's it's less of a sort of required <laughs> viewing because of so many other things. And people watch it on their computers instead of the TV. So it's not a communal thing, a family thing where everyone sits and watches. But it's still important. They become background to the music. Right.
2: And everybody is, uh, you know, toasting yeah. and eating food on Eve. But back in 1999, you made a big name, right? The household name of yourself in joining the... Uh, Chinese Spring Festival gala
4: show. Um, in fact, my first big uh, skit was, I think, in 1996, maybe it was five, uh, with uh, Ho Baolin's son, Ho Yao Hua, Yaohua. doing a, a, a skit, a mm-hmm. Xiaopian. Mm-hmm. I was very nervous at that when I did that because uh, before we went on, some producer or something said, you, you, you know that something like uh, 400 million people are going to watch this show. <laughs> what? 400 million? That, that, I, was almost, I almost have fainted, but I got through it okay. <laughs> and since then I got used to it. But the, yeah, the, the Spring Festival Gala is, by the time everyone watches it, including the Chinese overseas, it's really watched by almost a billion people worldwide, which is very, very daunting.
2: As a linguist, David Mosa has a strong interest in the Chinese language, and he's endlessly fascinated by its profusion of puns. Um, what is the most distinctive sort of, um, you know, things to do, you know, on the must-to-do list you observed during all these years spending Spring Festival time with your wife's family?
4: Um, well, eat, of course. Uh, they we Special pan-
2: food? Oh, of course, yeah, sure. What dishes um, stand yeah, out? Right is yeah, a yeah, must but, but, every yeah, year, yeah, every right? Year, yeah. And then,
4: gosh, I don't know. We eat the usual, the usual things: <laughs> <laughs> Spag- fish, uh, fish, yeah. yeah, and then and
2: noodles, noodles, uh, yeah. jiaozi, jiaozi, and, yeah, and, and then年糕, then, right? Yeah. All these symbolic. As a linguist, you should know that these have symbolic meanings. Of course,
4: they all have symbolic meanings. What does meanings? Yu, you, you know, fish? It means prosperity, right? Yes, or, uh, abundance. You know, as yes, abundance. Every, yeah, that's uh, that's another thing I love about. Chinese culture, everything is is a shuangguan, is a pun. Everything has a linguistic value. It's really, really fascinating. it's Interesting. Are you yeah. very much into even geography? even the things you see uh, around? This, uh, the character "chun" upside down.
2: Yeah. Dao, fu yeah. that means fu uh, fu yeah. that means upside down the characters yeah. uh,
4: I remember noticing that uh, me, you know way back when I first came here uh, it said I know that character why why they hang it upside down <laughs> they had to explain it was a pun
0: yeah, fu yeah,
4: yeah. so uh, so
2: this again linked to your interest in language even the food we eat has um, beauty of uh, the language or mm-hmm. the symbolic, symbolic meaning in meaning, it yeah, yes yeah. When people turn a picture of the Chinese character chun upside down, it means that spring is coming. When the character fu, which means luck, is turned upside down, it means that happiness has arrived. These age-old traditions sometimes need explaining for people still coming to grips with Chinese culture and the Chinese language. Um, Upside down in Chinese character, Mm. we have another word, dao. Arriving.
3: Arriving, yeah.
2: So, fu means happiness, prosperity, Mm -hmm. flourish, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Dao, that means arrive.
3: Arrive.
2: Yeah, it Mm -hmm. arrives when you were pasted it on the door upside down. Ah. Fu Dao, right? Yes, yes. It's not just the types of dishes that Chinese people eat during spring festival feasts that have special meaning. The number of dishes is important. For example, The number eight is considered auspicious, since it sounds like fa, which means to prosper. So families will often put eight hot dishes on the table during their New Year's Eve dinner. And then what sort of dishes, how many dishes they were put on the table? This is a difficult question for you, because (laughs) every Chinese family has an auspicious number of dishes
3: put on table, yes. I don't know. I'm I never counted. See, next time you can just count. <laughs> oh that's very interesting. I didn't yeah, know that.
2: yeah. That's all we have from our four guests and their experiences of the Spring Festival. But before I let you go, give that Chinese can be such a difficult language to learn, I want to leave you with a simple Chinese phrase that you can use when you greet your Chinese friends during the Spring Festival. If you want to wish them a happy new year. Here's how you do it.
3: 新年快乐。新年快乐。新年快乐。